Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome in to the NBA front office show. We've got a lot to break down today. As usual, Keith, I know you've got a certain web slinger to go see in the theaters. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous. I can't. My daughter's five. I can't take her to these kind of movies just yet. But at some point, I will get to go see it. I've heard amazing things. So uh, you're going to have to let me know how it is. We'll do, yeah. We'll, we'll, I will let you know without spoiling anything. So, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, we're actually we're going today and tomorrow. Um, that was just a uh, kind of happy accident. Um, but yeah, we're we're excited. It's it's going to be good. So we're we're both fired up. We're we're headed out of here in about an hour. So uh, so you're not going to get a super long show today. So it'll be uh, it, it'll be good for everybody. We'll, we'll send off into the weekend with all the news you need to know. All right. Well, let's get into some NBA news. Then I guess start things off with the New York Knicks. You know, we talked about them yesterday as a team that, you know, they're, they're not quite living up to expectations. But they're a team that would probably be a buyer right now out on the market. And indeed, here we have a rumor that they are a team that could be interested in Eric Gordon. He was one of our most likely players to be traded. We talked about the contract and how that could potentially be a little bit of a a sticking point for him and and a deal with teams. But the Knicks potentially interested in him and Derek Rose in particular, a driving force behind the Knicks going after him potentially. And uh, it would be an interesting landing spot. I think Eric Gordon is still a good player, somebody that can help you out. And if you're a Knicks team that is desperate to get back into the playoffs, just like they got there last year, he would make some sense. Yeah, absolutely. The the Derek Rose stuff, I I hadn't heard about prior uh, to this. I didn't know that they were AAU teammates. So that was uh, interesting to learn there. And we, we see this pretty regularly in the league where guys have, you know, they've played with somebody and then they want to re-link up with them, whether it be a college teammate or in this case, AAU. I think what raises my eyebrows a little bit here is we talked about this being kind of a two-year window for the Knicks because most of the contracts they signed this summer uh, had a team option Mm -hmm. uh, for the 23-24 season. So it was really this year and next. And that kind of fits with Eric Gordon because it's not a true team option, but he's got that non-guaranteed year. We talked about it yesterday where it only becomes guaranteed if he makes the all-star team, that's not happening, or his team wins the championship. Well, it's certainly not happening in Houston, and I don't think that would lift the Knicks there, but yeah, if if it's that important to get back to the playoffs and salary match, you can get there fairly easily. I I think it's, you know, Kemba Walker and Kevin Knox get Mm -hmm. you pretty close. Um, you know, maybe you got to throw him one other deal, you know, maybe like a Wayne Selden or something like that on the end, but, but I think they can get there and, is that a great return for for Houston? No, because New York would have to add a draft pick uh, or two. But they've got a couple extra first rounders because they got one coming from the Mavs, one coming from the Hornets. Sure. Uh, so maybe you throw in one first round pick and those guys. And and if you're the Rockets, you you know take a look at Knox for the rest of the year, see what that looks like. And then with Kemba, you either buy him out or you you know basically play it out kind of like you have been with John Wall and, and the other guys there. So my guess is they'll probably play them some and see, or maybe they could, if you do, this is one too. Let's say you did this in the next couple weeks. Yeah. You could maybe reflip Kemba. If you can play him and show like, Hey, he can still play a little, maybe you could reflip him. But True. yeah. And then Eric Gordon's fit on the next. Sure. Why not? I mean, gives him another kind of guard off the bench who can do some stuff and score the ball, shoot. Uh, that team desperately needs some more perimeter shooting. So I, I guess it makes some sense just because of the way the windows match up. It's an interesting idea. And I, I think you're right. I think he could be an interesting fit with them. 
I I have to kind of chuckle at the idea of Kemba Walker basically keeping John Wall company with the Houston Rockets because <laughs> right. they would kind of be in the same situation there, uh, but much smaller salary, so a bit easier for them to buy out potentially or or just trade if they're able to, to show that he still has value. Um, for the Rockets, you know, you say not a great return, but I can't imagine they're expecting a great return for Eric Gordon, yeah. not on the contract exactly. that he's got right now. And given his production, given his age, there's not there's not teams tripping over themselves to go trade for Eric Gordon. He's a good player, yep. don't get me wrong, but I don't think that he's you know anybody's top of their list or wish list in terms of targets. So if you can get something for him, if you're Houston, if you get a couple of firsts or something, or maybe a first and a second might be more reasonable. Okay, cool. And you have to absorb a, a few contracts for guys that you might not really be that interested in, like say Ken, Kevin Knox or something. Eh, you you probably do it. Yeah, I feel like a protected first feels right. Yeah, I, that's I don't know that the right. Knicks, you know, they they have that Charlotte uh, first. I believe it's a it's it's got weird protections on. It. I want to say it's like top eighteen protected for mm-hmm. for several years, um, and then it might reduce by like a, a pick or two um, going down. So that that might be the one that that you look at throwing them there. They do have, like I said, that future Dallas pick, which is top ten protected. That one I'd be a little less inclined to give up for Eric Gordon, but that Charlotte one, sure. I mean, they kind they kind of got it for nothing anyway it was for uh kai that was uh when charlotte traded up to draft uh kai jones um in last year's draft mm-hmm. that was the compensation that they sent and that was a guy you know that was an extra pick for the Knicks then so yeah you turn turn an extra pick into a helpful player like eric gordon but why not and again if this was like one where the contract didn't match so well with their other contracts i'd say i'd probably avoid this trade but it does so why not you know, you mentioned the Derrick Rose and Eric Gordon AAU connection. And I want to hit you with something. It's a concept that I thought was really interesting that got brought up. I want to say it was in Ethan Strauss's Substack, which is, is really good, by the way. Um, he brought up this idea that small market teams right now, and obviously the Knicks are not that, are not that so this is kind of an aside, <laughs> yeah, an aside here. Yeah, but, opposite. but small market teams right now, should have the strategy, and it's suggested that the Thunder may be operating under this strategy, of focusing on international players, particularly because of the AAU connection of the U.S.-born players, because they they come into the NBA with these connections already to certain players that will always supersede whatever connection they feel to their team, and therefore it makes them a greater flight risk, because when they hit free agency, they say, oh, well, I want to go play for this team because my friend from way back in the day is over there on this team or, or my buddy for years, he's over on this team. Let's go team up over here, whereas international players don't have those connections already built in over years and years and years sure. when they come into the NBA. And so it makes them less of a flight risk in free agency. I thought it was an interesting idea. And he suggested that the Thunder are already operating under that model. If I... I guess, but I would think if the Thunder were fully bought in, they would have just drafted Alpern Schengen sure, last exactly. year and not Great traded point. out of it. But yeah, I mean, Josh Giddy, uh, Pokashevsky recently, Lou, Lou Dord, who, uh, you know, despite playing in college in the U.S., he's from Canada. So uh, yeah, SGA is actually from Canada too, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, maybe there, there's something to that. I don't know. I hadn't really given it a lot of thought. I do know that there are, uh, people who focus certain signings and those kind of things based on the idea of, well, they'll help us get 
player X, Y, Z down the line. The, and the Chandler Parsons effect. Exactly. Yeah. We, I mean, that's been a thing with LeBron for sure. years. Was right. I mean, now it's also helps that he's the best player in the world. And <laughs> right. It's not exactly a hard sell to say, come play with LeBron James, no matter where he's playing, uh, you know, thus getting guys to willingly go to Cleveland. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I, it's, it, it's interesting. I mean, I guess it's something to watch if, if, uh, if that's the way they continue to, to build moving forward, then yeah, then there's definitely something probably to it. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting concept. And again, just in terms of roster building, something I want to throw out there, something to consider that I hadn't really occurred to me before that teams might be looking at. To me, it's not the kind of thing where you're dead set. Every player on our team has to be an international player, but if you're going into a draft or something like that, and you've got two guys that are really close, maybe that's what tips the scale. I don't know. Interesting idea. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's jump, though, to Zion Williamson. Uh, Yikes. Out four to six more weeks. Has not played at all this season. Now out four to six more weeks after an injection into his foot to help the foot heal because it's not healing the way they hoped it would. Again, I mean, that, that puts him out into February. So potentially into February. That's this is not great. And this this we talked yesterday about teams that are going to be pushed into either being buyers or sellers. To me, that puts the Pelicans more firmly in the category of it's time to start looking at selling. Yeah, I agree. I'm fighting off a sneeze for watching on video. So that's why I, I keep going on mute and looking like probably making some weird faces. And it's just one. It's one of those. It's like right there and it won't come. I thought you were just uh, so yeah. upset about Zion. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I'm getting real verklempt. I mean, I am upset about it. It sucks. Like, yeah. This is one of the you know best young players in the league. I mean, I think we've kind of collectively forgotten how awesome he was last year. Like mm-hmm. he was absolutely dominant last season and really really played well so i I think uh yeah i'm very curious to see where you know this goes the four to six weeks what's concerning about that is all right so let's let's be optimistic four weeks that's reevaluated in mid-january then you probably have a minimum just because of his importance to the franchise two weeks of ramp up time so i think you're looking at six weeks return at the minimum side if it's six weeks uh, reevaluation and then two more weeks uh, ramp up time. You're, you're that further down the list. So yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, a uh, uh, thing where we're just going to keep seeing this, how it goes deeper. So my guess is maybe post trade deadline at this point, we, we see Zion back and I don't think uh. we talked a little bit yesterday. I don't think that changes much for the, the Pelicans trade deadline plans or anything like that, yeah. but it is one of those things where, yeah, I think we're like, you know, it's just, it's, this is two of three seasons are kind of lost seasons now. Cause he missed so much time his rookie year. He was relatively healthy last season. And now, you know, this season's turning into, he's going to miss, you know, well over half, probably closer to two thirds of this season. I think that's a really key point, Keith. The the notion that reevaluation date does not mean return date. And that's something that Lakers fans know very well from the situation with Kendrick Nunn. Uh, when a player's reevaluated, that doesn't guarantee that's when they're coming back. That's just when they go back in and check and see how things are. Um, it could be things are healing up great and they say, hey, awesome, you're cleared to begin some light rehab work or something like that. It's also possible they go back in and say, eh, not there yet. You're you're let's check back again in four weeks or or whatever. So this is unfortunate, certainly for the Pelicans. Uh, Keith, does this does this make 
David Griffin's seat a little bit warmer if the season continues to kind of spiral downward here? We've heard some rumblings out of New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to to put this on him. because Oh, an sure. It's an, it's an injury. But right. I, I think what it definitely does for me is I would say if I was that ownership group, I would be very hesitant to make a lot of moves that are designed around let's try to launch us into uh, play-in contention. Because mm-hmm. like playoffs are probably you know kind of out of the mix here. But play-in contention because I just hey, – I would say, you know, we don't even know that we're going to have this guy. So uh, how hard are we really going to push? So, yeah, so I, I think I would really uh, hold on that and not uh, give that kind of final approval for um, for, for those kind of trades. All right. Speaking of injuries, Clay Thompson, now yeah. not back until after Christmas. Come on. Why can't we have nice things? Uh, I was really, really hoping that Clay Thompson would be in action for Warriors versus Suns on Christmas Day. Uh, uh, it's If the Warriors feel like this is the right thing to do, then by all means, right? If he's not ready, he's not ready, and that's it. You don't don't push it or anything as much as enticing as Christmas Day would be. I get it, but still, it's it's a little bit disappointing that Clay won't be out there for that game. Yeah, that's the third game in the uh, quintuple header. It's Warriors-Suns. Uh, five o'clock Eastern. So that's a, a nice time on the East coast. Cause you kind of, uh, unless you're a Christmas dinner family, you've, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the day is wrapped up. You're kind of into, you know, the hangout time period. Maybe the kids are playing with their toys and that's a fun, fun one to settle in and watch. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, it's still going to be a great game. I mean, let's be realistic. These are the two best teams in the NBA right now. So, but yeah, it's just, you know, no clay. It just takes a little bit off it, but, you know, it's not like I'm not still going to be sitting there watching and enjoying it. So, uh, you know, if you're watching this show, you're probably going to be sitting there watching and enjoying it, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So unfortunate. But you know what? Just get him back healthy and yep. make sure that he can stay back. And you want, and that's that's yeah. what they're doing right now. They're ramping exactly. him up so that he doesn't just get get thrown into the deep end. And then you put him at higher risk for a re-injury, right? Because you get pushed in before you're ready to go. Um, they want to make sure he is is completely stable, sound, everything's ready, conditioning, all that kind of stuff for him to be out on the floor and totally understandable given how long it's been since we've been able to see him out there. Yep. And the reality is it's really not that huge of a deal. It's a couple more missed games than maybe expected and then going to get him back by the end of the month still. That all seems on track. So that that makes sense. And they very clearly want his, his first game back to come at home. Yeah. Um, which is is a very very common thing in the league. That's something you know people do all the time. So. It's it's not like they're struggling and they they desperately need no. him back in order <laughs> yeah, to pick exactly. up wins right now or, or anything well, like that. What are they? Twenty eight and four or something, something like, like that. that. Twenty three and five. Sorry, twenty three and five for them and them and the Suns both. So twenty three and five until they fall to the Boston Celtics tonight. <laughs> uh oh, making a prediction. I'm gonna go place a bet now, Keith. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> gonna have to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm not responsible for uh, any, <laughs> any losses. Side. Let's take a quick break. You know, Sports Talk Radio can have a major influence on the lens that we view sports through and therefore can influence our betting decisions. If you miss the biggest sports headlines from the night before and wonder how that might impact this week's bets, you can relive the best in sports from the night before with BetMGM Tonight presented by Bet. 
MGM. BetMGM has a live show that does a great job of giving you the highlights from sports while providing a little bit of betting info as well. Just makes you more informed and more confident when you're placing your bets, and it is a lot of fun. It's engaging, it's polarizing, it's relevant. You can get caught up in the sports betting world with a heavy dose of entertainment. Host Quentin Mayo from NBC Sports Washington and Ryan Horvat from 1250 AM The Fan and Trista Crick are joined by on-site correspondents to bring you insider information in real time. Every detail matters when you're making bets. BetMGM Tonight dives deeper to help give you the edge. It's fun to bet on the game. It's even more fun when you've got the inside scoop. Tune in to BetMGM Tonight presented by BetMGM. Listen on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Oh, I feel like we need we need like a sad button or something like that. A sad <laughs> drop here. Let's let's enter the health and safety protocol portion Sheesh. of the show. Oh my There's goodness! Two terms I'm, I get so tired of hearing is and they both involve entered. It's entered the health and safety protocols and has entered the transfer portal. Oh, uh, with college sports. So yep. Those two things. It's like I don't want to enter those things. Like the, <laughs> it doesn't seem. I mean, I guess the transfer portal is okay unless you're teams losing the player but oh man just yeah brutal i mean i i literally i tweeted last night so we left the house so i'll i'll just read this tweet because i uh-huh. thought it was kind of interesting we left the house at 145 yesterday to go pick our daughter up and take her to her soccer game uh for those who have asked she is back playing uh she can't play in the goal yet uh still still working through the broken hand but but can't play in the field uh we got home at seven so in that roughly five hour window this was all the news dumps that came in. Zion out four to six more weeks. No clay on Christmas. L.A. Lakers in the protocols. Isaac Okoro in the protocols. Bobby Portis in the protocols. Jabari Parker in the protocols. Bunch of Kings in the protocols. Windy City Bulls completely out of the G League showcase due to COVID. And then Isaiah Thomas signs with the Lakers. Literally one good story. And it was that last one in there, in that five-hour window. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm just sitting there at the game, and like every two seconds, my phone's buzzing with another player who's going in the health and safety protocols. It's like, ugh, it's just brutal. Well, and yesterday we were joking that it's usually about 15 minutes after we finish recording a show that <laughs> yep. news drops. We weren't far off. It ended up being no, like 40 about, minutes after yeah. so we finished recording that we got news that uh, there was an outbreak on the Sacramento Kings, uh, including Marvin Bagley, Terrence Davis, Alvin Gentry. That was the big news that that broke. Um, I can only imagine what today is going to bring. I, there is one positive. I'll give you one one positive. Oh, man, I, I can't even use the word positive anymore because nope. that takes nope. on a different connotation. <laughs> yep. There is yeah, positive is negative. Positive is negative. Oh, <laughs> uh, Michael Scott didn't like that in, uh, in that episode either. But um, so in, in good news, I'll say. Malik Monk came out of health and safety protocols. We found that out late last night. So that's for him. Yes. So there's something, something good there, but yeah, I mean, we've got a number of Lakers in health and safety protocols, including Russell Westbrook and Avery Bradley. You've got all these Kings that are in the protocols. You've got De'Aaron Fox now for the Sacramento Kings as well as Marvin Bagley and these other players. It's just going on and on. Um, I guess another good story. The Lakers did pick up Isaiah Thomas, though. I mean, I know he's. You guessed that's a fantastic story. I come on now. It's I know your experience with him is very different than my experience mm, with Isaiah, but so, I'm so psyched. Let me explain my my emotional reaction to this. <laughs> I was when that first came out. So that news broke. I was in the parent pickup line to get my daughter, and the news breaks, and I was fired up. I was excited. Nice. I'm going. Come on, get in the car. Let's go. You know. <laughs> 
and I'm racing back home and I record, I record on this story and I'm all excited and everything. And then boom, we get hit with uh, Russell Westbrook yeah. and Avery Bradley and health and safety protocols. And I went, oh, that just, yeah. it kind of just takes the lot. Like you're like, oh, well, I mean, I'm excited yeah, it that it gets, yeah, excited that it gets the opportunity. Don't get me wrong. He's great. I'm excited to see him out there. I hope that he makes the most of this opportunity and all of that. But when I find out that it's because of more players going into health and safety protocols, Russell Westbrook and Avery Bradley, two starters, that's when it just kind of knocks you right back down. So don't get me wrong. Totally excited for Isaiah Thomas. And and again, hope he makes the most of it. He's been fighting so hard to get back into the NBA. I can't wait to see that. Uh, I was just the the kind of gut punch after after I had already recorded this super you know excited take on IT coming to the Lakers uh, to then get the news that Russell Westbrook and Avery Bradley were out it, it kind of knocked me back back down a bit. Yeah, and you know I mean scored forty two points in the G League the yep. other day in his G League debut. Uh, the whole idea for him going to the G League was to show he can make it back to the NBA. Well, they're clearly the Lakers think he's shown enough and mm-hmm. and it. And it it, I I don't know that it is um how do I put this I don't know that it's he's I don't think he's ever going to be what he was during that really it was a magical run with the mm-hmm. Celtics I mean it was unbelievable how good he was how unexpectedly good that team became uh you know they were just so much fun you know the whole king of the fourth stuff and uh you know king in the fourth uh better, better uh, get it correct or the Game of Thrones fans will come for me um but he he was just unbelievable like like he was just so much fun uh then he's is he going to be back there no i mean that was five years ago now so that's probably not going to be where it comes but the reality is he's shown enough that he can still play and then the second reality is the lakers kind of need him right now if you're going to be without uh russ because we've talked about this a lot they have two real point guards on that team it's russ and rondo and that's really kind of it and and when when one of them is out, that puts an awful lot of pressure on LeBron James. Yeah, I'm not saying LeBron can't can't handle it. Of course he can, but it's mid December. You don't need LeBron bringing the ball up court, running everything through him for 40 minutes a night in mid December. You need somebody who you can say, all right, he's going to take the next 10 minutes and you know play off the ball and probably be mm-hmm. on the bench some and just, just let, let them run, you know, let somebody else do it. And you, you could do that with Isaiah Thomas. So I th- think uh, that that'll look good. I, I will say I watched some of the clips from that G league game. Yeah. He does look more explosive than he looked before. He, he looks quicker. He looks better. Talked about how having the hip procedure finally get him back feeling good again. And for a guy who's, you know, his, his size, he needs to be explosive. So I, I think this will work out pretty well. And we should keep in mind too that the Lakers, their their alternate ball handler would be Taylor Horton Tucker, and he's also yeah, in health exactly. and safety. So that that created yep. even more of a need. Um, I, as far as it goes with the Lakers, I've had a lot of people asking, well, what if he does really well? Can they keep him? And I mean, it, it, they don't have a roster spot. This is a hardship exemption, so that's what's yep. allowed them to sign him here. It's a ten day yep. contract. If he yep. blows up and the Lakers go, oh my gosh, we have to have him for the rest of the season, they would have to waive someone. In order yep. to to make that happen, currently only Avery Bradley and Austin Reeves are on non guaranteed deals, and I don't think either one of those players are going to be waived. Um, so if if they were to waive somebody, they would have to eat that contract for the remainder of the season. So that is a deterrent against keeping uh, it for the rest of the season. But again, if he if he goes nuclear and 
Frank Vogel, the coaching staff, they say we can't be without this guy. Maybe that's a path they consider going down. But again, it's not like they have an open roster spot for him to just play his way onto. Um, so we'll see how this goes. This could yeah. wind up just being a big audition for IT for other teams in the NBA once that hardship exemption does expire. But for the time being, uh, the Lakers will give him a look and we'll see where things go from there. Yeah, and I think one of the things you're looking at, I like that you put it audition, because the other thing we could be looking at, we've talked with the Lakers, if they're going to make any sort of meaningful trade, it's probably going to be an unbalanced trade where yeah. they have to send out two or three for one, and that would open up a spot. If he looks good, he fits well, then there's a spot for him down the line to come back to the team. Um, I, I also think, like, like you said, let's say he looks awesome, and they're like, we just, you know, we got to make this a permanent thing. My guess at this point, if I had to pick today, it's probably Rondo who who goes. I mean, he hasn't been a part of the rotation for no. weeks now. Uh, so but my guess is that'd be probably where you go. And you could probably even work it with Rondo of, hey, we're going to let you go for now. Hang out. And then we'll bring you back later if there, there's a thing. We've seen LeBron teams uh, do that in the past because guys just you know have a lot of faith that you know uh -huh. they'll they'll take care of them in the end. And the Lakers, as an organization, they take care of players, so it's not you know going to be a huge thing. But that that would be my guess. But yeah, my guess is this is just let this play out. Let's see how he looks over the course of the next ten days. Or, you know, this could even turn into a second 10-day if guys stay out that long. You will know, we'll see. To be clear, too, I, I believe he'll officially sign today. Or right. They, they, they play today. So um, am I correct on that? They yes. Yeah, they, they play the yeah, most. So yeah. he'll sign today because you want to get the most out of those 10 days as you can. So so that'll come down down the pipe today. Uh, hey, breaking news. So we got two two more guys since uh, we're in the health and safety protocol portion of things. Uh, Jordan Poole. Uh, of the Warriors uh, placed in the health and safety protocols. They're playing the Boston Celtics tonight, uh, as we mentioned earlier. So that's kind of a big, uh, you know, um, spot there, right? Guys started mm -hmm. all year for them uh, with while well, Clay Thompson has been out. And then uh, um, who was uh, it? This is not necessarily a big name. But the Orlando Magic uh, very abruptly canceled shoot-around this morning. Oh, and it was uh, shared that uh, Ignas Brasdikas, um, who's one of their, their two-way players, was put in the health and safety protocols. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's everywhere now, right? Uh -huh. uh, it's you know, not to make it about the Celtics, but Jabari Parker was also put into yep. the um, health and safety protocols as well. So, I mean, this is just... We're getting to a point now where it's it's uh, I, I'd have to really go through and look pretty closely, but I don't know any team that that's off the top of my head that doesn't have at least one guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, or or and if they don't, they probably will soon. On the plus side, we're starting to see some players come back. Uh, yeah. Lamelo Ball, Jalen McDaniel's, Mason Plumlee, Ish Smith are all working their way back for the Hornets. So uh, very few of these players seem to be getting uh, seriously ill, which is you know really good news. Um, you know for for the most part with, with a lot of this, but yeah, it's uh you know just. Here we are. You know, this is kind of kind of the new normal. Do we want to use that as a transition to talk about where yeah. we're going? Yeah, you know, um, let's let's do that. I do want to mention that um as far as as the the Rondo thing goes, the Lakers were actually going to sign IT until Rondo hit the market. Yes. Um so that was just something to, to note that so IT has been on the Lakers radar for a while. But um yeah. in any event. Uh, and, and we've heard great things about Rondo from within the Lakers about how he's interacting with sure. players and acting as a coach, essentially, and things things like that. So, um, anyway, something to consider if we're if we're talking about potentially waving him there. But yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about 
The NBA is changing their health and safety protocols um, as of December 26, because they're anticipating more people, you know, spending time with family and stuff over Christmas. Uh, they are going to go to daily testing. This is an agreement between the NBA and the NBA Players Association, which they have to. The, the two sides have to agree if you're going to make any changes at, at this point. Um, so daily testing between January or December 26th and January 8th. Uh, so the NBA is changing their, their rules, so to speak. Uh, they're not the only league that's doing that. The NFL is doing the same thing. By the way, Taylor Heineke for the Washington football team just tested positive as well. He entered their protocols. So it's 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 not just an NBA thing. This no, is hitting everywhere. This is hitting everywhere. But uh, college basketball has had yes. multiple games canceled um, as teams have, have had to kind of shut down briefly. But um, yeah, it, it's everywhere. So yeah, so kind of what Trevor was saying is the NBA has agreed to daily testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna. Hey, I think you said it, but if you didn't, uh, masks yes masks. are going to be required again for for uh, everybody. Um, all, all the tier one uh, people, which that's essentially anybody who's on the floor and like interacting. Um, what's curious is. It's not like it was a year ago where in the open buildings, the fans were pushed back. They weren't near the benches at all. That's I can't imagine you can change that at this point. We'll see. The question that I know you've gotten, I've gotten, I think everybody who covers the league has gotten is, are they going to shut down? Yep. We don't know the answer for sure, right? So we, right. we can't say with certainty. But the belief from folks I've talked to within the league is no. They, they, a big chunk of it is last season, uh, I think it's been kind of forgotten, maybe some that they did the schedule in halves. They, they gave did. us the first half schedule and then we got the second half schedule. And a big chunk of that second half schedule was a push to do, um, what games we need to make up? How do we move things? Right. How do we redo schedules? We remember, right? The uh, Grizzlies and Spurs both played a ton of games in the second half, um, including uh, each had a back-to-back-to-back stretch um, scheduled because they, they had been shut down at a point in the first half. So what we're seeing is right now we've seen the Bulls have two games postponed. Those have been the only postponements to this point. Um, but the other thing you have to factor in is Last year also, most of the buildings that the NBA plays in, it was the NBA team and the hockey team, and that was it. There weren't a lot of concerts scheduled. There yeah. weren't a lot of other events in those buildings uh, being, you know, happening and those kind of things. So it is very much, as we look at it, it is turned into a – you have to factor all these things in and finding available dates to make up games because I've seen – Seen and had a bunch of people say, shouldn't they just pause for two weeks? Yeah. Two weeks is literally over 100 games. Well over 100 games that would need to be made up. You don't have it. You don't have 100 dates just sitting out there in the in the, in the the NBA world yeah. to, be, to be rescheduled. It's just not going to happen. So I'm not saying they shouldn't stop. But if you're talking about stopping, you're talking about cancellation of games. Yeah. You're talking about losing – five, six, seven games off of your schedule per, exactly. per, per team. Like that's, yep. and in terms of revenue, that's an astronomical number. Exactly. And that um, has to, that as much as we may not like it, that's a massive factor. Absolutely. Yep. 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 So yeah, I mean, then you have the TV issues and mm-hmm. all that things that come with that. Yeah. It's just all around. This is highly unlikely to happen. I'll also say too, a few people have been like, they need to reconsider going back into a bubble. Not a chance. No way. Nobody from the players, the coaches, the staff, no, none of them. I don't think even if things shut down fully, 
it would get to the point where it'd have to be, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions on the line for them to consider it again. Yeah. Um, Cause nobody liked it. It was just, I mean, that's right. It was, I mean, we've heard everybody, players, coaches, staff, everybody talk about how hard it was to do those two months locked basically in the same small place. The other thing is it doesn't exist. There's nowhere to do a bubble. It, yeah. they're, they're, they're like Disney is open again. Those hotels are open again. There's not a, they, you know, that was a Disney is essential was more or less closed. They had opened the theme parks by that point, but they carved out a, you know, backside of their property. And so this is for the NBA and the NBA only, uh, well, then MLS was there too, right. but it, this is it. This is all it's going to be. Uh, last year when they did the, the G league bubble, they had some hotels that weren't weren't reopened yet, but it is. I mean, guys, I live right down the street from there. I we we drove by the area the other day, and I'm dealing with all the people who are already rolling in town for Christmas. You know, a week early already. It's there. There's nowhere to do a bubble uh, left. There's nothing that shut down like it was. You know, the what a year and a half ago now at this point. So yeah, it's uh, they're they're just gonna keep uh keep keep. You know, moving forward. And we just got news. The Boston Celtics have canceled shoot around this morning oh, as well. That's so that's usually is, a, a bad omen in yeah. terms of what's coming. Um, it usually yeah. means that there's there's positive testing oh, from what we've seen over the last week or so. It usually means that there's going to be uh, some health and safety protocol cases popping up here. Yeah. Uh, um, speaking of bad omens, I guess. Keith, somebody please add subscribers to our channel. Because right? I got I got an email from YouTube right before we came on here saying that we had just added 666 subscribers. I feel a little uneasy with that number. So if you're not subscribed yet, hit that subscribe yes, button and, <laughs> yeah. and change that for us. Yeah. Uh, we certainly also, been, I mean, we're pushing the heck out of 13,000. That's right, we are. So let's try to get there. Uh, Grant Williams and one other Celtics event, Celtics player has entered the health and safety protocols mm. per Jared Weiss. So, yeah, this uh, is uh, here we go. Right. So, so on the that same topic, there was a a report from the Athletic about how the NBA was going to be handling all of yes. this stuff that's going on. And one of the things that was mentioned it wasn't a, the focal point of the article, but definitely you know my my eyebrows raised when I saw it. The NBA they're not doing this at this point, and they may never do this, but the NBA was considering allowing asymptomatic players who have tested positive to play. And to me, if you are, Keith, saying that it's very unlikely the NBA is going to shut down, that is probably the greatest sign that we've seen yet that they're going to keep playing. Yeah, we're, we'll are we see if it gets to that point. The league has been uh, very, as I said, it's been very uh, progressive, right? They led the the into shutting sports yeah. down uh, in the United States. They they were very progressive with the way they handled the bubble, even you know, though, you know, I just said they wouldn't do it again. They got kudos for making the best of a very bad situation right. uh, through that. Um, there have been some things that have come out in the last few days. Uh, Joel Embiid uh, very openly said he felt like last year testing all the time and those kind of things was better uh now i can tell you there's more than one player on the other side of it uh that feels no it isn't um that they're not uh you know happy with that uh all right al horford out for health and safety protocols now al horford was already out earlier this year um you know with that so i'm gonna let you take it for a minute so i can fire off a treat 
tweet real quick. So that's interesting if he was already in health and safety protocols. And then one thing that we have seen too, and I'm th there is some speculation that, for example, Malik Monk, how was he in health and safety protocols one day and then suddenly out the next the LeBron situation where LeBron was in health and safety protocols and then it turns out it was a false positive. We saw that in the NFL as well with Tyler Higby where he was out due to a false positive. That's something that can happen as well. And I'm not saying that's for sure what happened with, say, Malik Monk or perhaps with Al Horford here. It would be odd to hear that he was if he had tested positive just a few weeks ago and now suddenly is in it again. That that raises some red flags in terms of perhaps there was an issue with some of the testing or something like that. And again, that's that's total speculation. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but it's something to consider too as we yes. see players exit health and safety protocols. I know the NFL, I don't recall if this is something they were doing or were kicking around the idea of doing, but if a player tests positive, as soon as they test negative, they're out and they're and they're good to play again. Yeah. That could be something that the NBA starts to look at as well, rather than hey, this this mandatory you have to be out. X number of days, unless you return, you know, double negatives within a 24 hour period or whatever, they could start to return players to play faster, like the NFL is looking at as well. So, um, something to consider here, and especially in light of as we're as we're seeing more positives, we're also seeing more false positive cases pop up as right. well. And that's part of the increased testing. It's yeah, you're, you're going to have more positives. You're also going to have more uh, of this. Well, we'll see where this goes. Uh, to to that point of allowing asymptomatic players, I I know we could. I at least I got distracted in the middle of that conversation. Who knows? Yeah, right. We'll see. It's hard to know where they want to go with, with with this. I kind of lean against it because. Yes, that player is probably fine, but if they're a carrier, that doesn't mean they're not going to infect somebody who won't be fine. Right. And that's where you know becomes an issue. I do start to wonder, do you start to do we we've already seen Canada, which the Raptors will be impacted by 50% of the arena reduce building capacities by 50%. Yeah. We start seeing some of that happen just to keep, you know, uh, the reality is keep more people away from the players. Is uh, is that the direction they want to go? So yeah, let's uh let's you know, keep an eye on this, but yeah, I mean, this is the, this is where it is. I do. It's very hard because I understand where the people are coming from saying we're to the point where this is starting to get to be more endemic versus pandemic. Yes. I've seen that. It's stuff. just going to be a way of life and those kind of things. But I, I, I just, I have a hard time with some of that because it just, I don't know. It just it feels a little callous to me. I don't like going that direction with things. So I'm just kind of at this point, it's, you know, what the league and the players decide, they'll, they'll decide it together and then whatever it is, we'll, we'll go. But I don't, I just, I can't see them uh, shutting things down. I, I just don't think that's where, where it's going to go. Well, and the concern with that too is, if we start to adopt that mindset of, oh, it's just endemic, it's never going away, and but now it's weakening to where it's more like the, the common cold or whatever, I'm seeing those those sentiments that are, that are floating around out there. The challenge is then you get a lot of people that just go, oh, well, there's nothing we can do about it, so let's just go on living life. And I don't know that we're at that point right now where you just hit the hit the button and say, okay, everything's fine. Everybody just, just go about your business and it's now just like a cold or, or whatever. It's not as serious of, a, of an issue. I think the danger is that you that that sentiment gets kind of out there widely and people start to behave that way. And then it turns out, oh, wait, no, it's actually 
not that it's actually pretty bad or, or something to that to that effect yeah. happens. So I, I don't think we're at that point right now. And so that's where when we talk about asymptomatic players being on the floor and and playing in games, it might not be the best look for the NBA until we get if we do get to a point where they say, you know what, this thing is not as serious as it used to be. It's no longer life threatening. Maybe eventually we cross that bridge. But I, I just I don't feel like we're there at this moment. That's it. I've seen so many people say, you know, one of the most famous games is Michael Jordan's flu game and people have played with the oh flu for years and those kind of things. I, I, I get that. I do. And I hope at some point that's where we're at with this is, you know, wow, a player played through through this. We're just not there. Yeah. In, yeah. in my opinion, that's not where we are. I know this is an extremely sensitive subject and there's a lot of, you know, uh, passionate people you know who argue all sides on both sides yeah and it's, you know and, and i don't uh you know and, and, and i just i don't i don't know i just I, i'm more at this point of i'm just gonna focus with what, what we have and that's it didn't didn't we move forward with you mm-hmm. know the guys who play are playing and the guys who don't don't and that that's just kind of how it is I think that's a good place to to finish up that topic with. I have one final NBA news bit here that we need to get into. Thad Young, very yeah. very open and honest, as always, refreshingly honest, said, look, you know, I would like to join a contender. I'm at a point where I'm getting older, and I would prefer to be, be on a contender. I've never had an opportunity over my career to be on a contending team, so I would like to do that. And the expectation is that if he isn't on a contender, if he isn't traded by the Spurs, that buyout negotiations will start after the trade deadline, which to me suggests that, well, I mean, a lot of the Spurs leverage in a trade kind of goes away when you're hearing that a buyout is coming if he doesn't get traded. But regardless, um, it's possible that a team steps up and says, well, you know, we don't think we're going to get him on the buyout market. So here, we'll give you these things in order for you to send them to us. That's certainly possible. But uh, but that young would like to be on a contender. So something to keep an eye on. I believe he was on our list yesterday of players most likely to be traded. So, yeah, I think I was the one who brought yeah. him up and I said, the, the hesitancy was the Spurs don't do in season trades, but I do think that there is the potential. This is a different situation. And I, and I think why you can still feel good about maybe getting something is he's a guy. I would say there's probably just off the top of my head, five, six, seven teams. Oh, that yeah. would be like, yeah, we'll, we'll take them. Yeah, you know, we'll happily clear a roster spot. Uh, so if you're one of those teams, you want to make sure you get them. Well, then you make make the deal. It also has the benefit of it's an expiring deal, so you're you're not out anything long term. Like we talked with Eric Gordon, you make that trade, you're taking on some additional money. You make mm-hmm. it that young deal, you're not taking on additional money. So yeah, I, I think uh, he. My guess is, let's just say. March 1st is the kind of date because it's that that seems to be one that makes sense. He'll be playing for a different team. Yeah, yeah that's that's my guess. Whether it's trade or bio, where we're not going to see him uh, uh, in, still in San Antonio uh, come March 1st. Agreed. Makes too much sense to not have it happen. Yep. Exactly. All right, everybody. That should do it for today. A little bit longer episode than we than we intended, <laughs> but we had we had intended, little, but we uh, got buried with uh 
COVID updates mid show. Yes. So yeah, that that's... Uh, we will come to you. A couple people have asked uh, what our schedule is. We generally are going to do Monday through Friday. Yeah. But if something huge happens on the weekend, we will make time to get together and, and do it. So if there, there's a massive trade, um, I do want to say too. I had a couple people say, are "You guys going to do any more live shows?" We've been talking oh, yeah. about it, throwing it back and forth. It could be it. It could just be kind of hard to pick pick a time for for a live show. But I think we are uh, definitely looking at doing a live show. Um, around the trade deadline um, where we'll do something um, there because that's obviously going to be a really fun day. Well, let's knock on wood and hope it's a really fun day. <laughs> uh, not one of those ones where we get a uh, uh, Anthony Johnson for a second round pick trade and that's kind of all we get. <laughs> um, we want so a good uh, Lord so, from a uh, tweet from Woj type of, of trade deadline. Trade. Yes. That's, that's what we hope for. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so we're, we're hopeful, we're hopeful of that, but yeah, we've got, we've got some, some fun stuff planned. Uh, we are going to do another mailbag type show. Yep. Um, we'll probably do this one around trades and the like, so yeah, all sorts of, sorts of good, good things going on here, uh, coming for you down the line uh, here on the uh, NBA front office show. That's right. So make sure you are subscribed over on our YouTube channel. And don't forget, of course, to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to pod to podcasts. And you can do both. Yeah, uh, do know, both, please. Do both, right? It helps us out. <laughs> yeah. Do please. Like the, you call it your Christmas gift to us. We'll, That's we'll right. Uh, absolutely. Anything All right. that gets us off that horrible uh, last yes, month's amount yes. of subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> we need to fix that ASAP. Yep. All right, everybody. Appreciate you all joining us. Have a great weekend. Hopefully, uh, we uh, hopefully we don't get too many more health and safety protocol announcements <laughs> over the weekend. Get that but Christmas shopping done. You only got eight days. That's right. Get that's right. Oh my. Get ship stuff. You got to get it done this weekend. Get get there. Oh, I've got some work to do. All right, everybody. <laughs> Till next time. See ya.